0: All right, we're at Cavens, Cavens Group, on this Wednesday with Josh Helmer. i Chris Plank. As we count down towards kickoff of the college football season, uh, we're going to talk to Travis coming up the bottom this hour, kind of get his take on next few steps in recruiting. Do you see Travis is playing fantasy college football this year? I feel like that would be impossible to keep up with. I mean, is there – is someone keeping the stats and numbers by hand? Is there a website that I'm missing out? I feel like there'd be too much, right?
1: Oh, yeah. I No, I, you can play online for sure. Okay. All right.
0: See, I'm, I'm old school enough to remember my very first Fantasy League team. You counted on the commissioner to add everything up. I'll, I drafted Marshall Falk, Josh, and I was laughed at.
2: Shows was you how a, long the good
0: was. That was a good pick. It was a good pick. I won the league. Uh, but we're at Caven's Group. Thirteen years in business and all about the community. Uh, they've helped give back almost half a million dollars to the Oklahoma community, uh, and and they've updated their website, which is easy to navigate and easy to find and fit your needs at Caven'sGroup.com. Hour two is well brought to you by Allison Insurance. Josh, I was wrong. I was wrong. I hate to admit it. I hate to have to be that guy, but I feel like. In this era where being right doesn't seem to matter in the media world anymore, the idea that you could have a proper and correct take, perspective, opinion, or or pick is now overshadowed by getting blasted for being terrible at your picks or your perspective or your analysis. I haven't ever understood it, but here we are. So uh, in, that, in that mindset, Josh, I found the one coach who wasn't happy at media days. I've been a consistent believer that media days are the happiest time on the planet Earth. Everyone is happy about their team. Everyone is happy about the direction of the program. Everyone feels good about where their team is. Well, Josh, I'm here to tell you I was wrong. And this might not necessarily be about this. Whoa, where did that come from? This might not necessarily be about their team, but Biff Pogge, the new head coach at Charlotte, is not a happy man right now, Josh. Which means I was wrong. Not everyone happy at media days. By that's the way, it. Poggy By the way, is the head coach at Charlotte. I take it that's it.
3: Three questions. Maybe that's because you have us ranked last. That's all what you think of us. So that that w- w- we get that message. Thank you. <laughs> I was wrong.
0: I was wrong, Josh. Head coach <laughs> Biff the head coach of the Charlotte 49ers. Most coaches get mad when you ask too many questions. Not Biff. Oh, no, not at all. He's mad that you didn't ask enough questions whenever it came to his team.
1: Yeah, uh, obviously not not a happy camper, which uh, makes me a very happy camper. (laughs) This is pretty entertaining.
0: I mean, in fairness, I think you've got to understand, you know. I mean, come on, dude.
3: That's it? Three questions? Maybe that's because you have us ranked last. That's all what you think of us. So that that we, we get that message. Thank you.
1: <laughs> I mean, from a preparation standpoint, yeah, it's probably not uh, great. I mean, I guess just nobody, nobody was there, right, for them.
0: I guess not. It's the American Athletic Conference. I don't think Charlotte has a massive fan base. This is for those that aren't familiar with uh, I believe I believe it's Poggy. Uh it might be Poggy, but Poggy. He is kind of a viral sensation because he was the dude at Michigan. He was their associate head coach last year. Uh I'd spent some time. He's a very very accomplished high school coach, right? I think Ross uh think uh, was it Rush Probst, Ross Probst from back in the days of Alabama. I mean, he was a guy that He won some championships, and he joined Michigan as an analyst under head coach Jim Harbaugh and then was elevated to the associate head coach, and he was also the dude that will have the sleeveless shirts on. I don't know where this thing started. I think everyone thinks they have pipes like Pat McAfee now, but like Jason Smith and Stephen A. Smith probably shouldn't be wearing sleeveless shirts, but guess who else shouldn't be? My man, Biff Poggy. But first-year Charlotte coach, trying to change the attitude a little bit, there you go. I was wrong, Josh. Not everyone is happy in media days. There's some people that get angry, and I give you biff.
1: Thank you, Coach.
0: <laughs> but, I mean, what else are you supposed to ask? What else? Coach, yeah, um, I just uh, – how you feeling? What do you think of that nickname, 49ers? Where are you, uh, you going with that? Anything exciting going on with that? They have arguably – do you know what Charlotte's non-conference football schedule is this year? Have you? I, I, there's no reason why you wouldn't know. But after their game against South Carolina State, they play Maryland in Maryland, they play at Florida, uh, and uh, you got Georgia State in there. But I mean, Georgia State was actually pretty good last year. So you get Maryland and Florida both on the road in your non-conference, probably 0-2 right there. So not obviously, if you're Biff, even more reasons to be upset. I was trying to look through his staff and see if there was even any familiar names on here, and there's not. But at least like a third, like a fourth question. What was the number you think that would have made him feel better about it, Josh? That's all we got. Would it have been even if it was six questions? Would oh, he have I been think mad? five. I
1: think five? five. We would have felt better. Which, by the way, this whole. Conversation on Biff. All I can think of is Biff Loman from uh, the, from Seinfeld. The references they make.
0: Oh, really? Why am I not remembering that character off the off the top of my head?
1: Well, it's refresh uh, me. Jerry refers to George as Biff Loman, who is uh, a character from the play uh, Death of a Salesman. Oh, okay. It's like a, okay, a okay. big
0: loser. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, see, all I can think of is Biff Tannen, and. Return, or back to the return of the future. Return of the future. You know that very famous movie? They did like three of them. They Return to the future one, two, and three. Fifth Tannen in one, two, and three. By the way, back to the future, 2. I don't think it's my favorite, Josh. Just saying right now. Better than the original? I don't, I just, maybe it's the sports gambling side of it. Yeah, that part's pretty cool. The, uh. <laughs> maybe, maybe there's the. The hoverboard is that two? Is that that's two yeah. right? Oh, the yeah. Hoverboards. Because one was reuniting mom and dad, two was Biff became the world, yep. and then three was for some reason the Wild West, right?
1: Biff, uh, a name that probably it's okay to have left in the past,
0: right? Exactly. I love how, I, I love how everything is uh, started to light up on the show since we brought up a dude named Biff. <laughs> Here's one from the 918. Anyone with the name Biff is preordained to act like a butthead. Uh, that's another line from, from uh, a movie today. Uh, wasn't there a Biff that worked on Letterman? That's from Camo Sooner. Huh. I don't huh. know. I, I don't know. My mom used to not let me stay up too late, and I couldn't watch David Letterman when I was a kid. And then I was so excited because I'm like, when I turn 18, i move out of this house. I'm going to watch David Letterman all I can. And then he, like, moved to the normal time slot. <laughs> he moved, to like, right after the news. Uh, Brooke writes, I love Back to the Future 2, but I actually love the Wild West one. Whoa. Number three. Brooke, that is a hot take. Not many people. Like, Back to the Future 3. And then Sugar Shane in Newcastle. I should have named my son Biff. Now speaking of Media Days, to get this show back on track, Josh. Yes. I know you are monitoring this closely. What time is your boy speaking? What time is Mister Electric, Kirk Ferent speaking? <laughs> yeah, Mister Electric will be
1: going live at uh, eleven o'clock this morning.
0: Okay, okay. So we'll probably lose you a little bit during the top five stories today. Or are you? No, got... i it's fine. Okay. I'm okay, I'm okay, totally cool. dialed in. Okay, um, Tony Petiti, you, you had two commissioners making statements today. You had, uh, you had the ACC and Jim Phillips. I guess Phillips was yesterday, right? And today you got Tony Petiti at the Big Ten. And the one, I guess, question that's been asked that seems to be all over my feed right now is he was asked about expansion. And the basic response from Tony Petiti, new commissioner of the Big Ten, was yeah, I haven't had that directive from the ADs or the presidents of the universities yet. To make it as simple as you possibly can put it, to to narrow it down to the easiest way, it sounded as if they are just focused right now, Josh, on making things smooth in the transition of bringing in UCLA and USC. Doesn't appear as if that magic where everyone thought uh, we were going to try to get to 20 in, in both the Big, Twi- Big Ten and the SEC, it doesn't look like that's going to be the case for now. So Oregon and Washington maybe standing down a bit because it looks as if they're set at 16 for at least the foreseeable future.
1: Well, that is uh, Instagram between Brutus and whatever the Oregon Duck mascot's name is uh, would tell us otherwise, the uh, the post that they had together. though, the, Maybe that's a hint at a home-and-home home mm. series in the uh, future. Did he say anything about uh, the TV deal? I mean, is it done? What, what's the update?
0: The, of the stories that have completely gone away, on the sports depth chart, the concerns about the Big Ten TV deal getting done has completely and totally disappeared.
1: Where's Pete Damos? I, I thought he was supposed to be our hard-hitting journalist to find out whether or not this thing's done.
0: Well, and it's funny because, and I, and I brought this up a couple of times, so if you've heard it before, I'll just repeat it. But where it stands right now it. If you talk to Big Ten people, their take is, oh, it's not that it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, who cares? A billion dollar deal or seven right. billion dollar deal,
1: it's not done. If we lose a billion here or there, what, what's it matter?
0: Yeah, if you talk to if you talk to those who work with the Big Ten network, not a big deal at all. Not a big deal at all. Um But if you listen to everyone else around it, then it's a massive deal. So I don't know what to believe. I don't know to believe whether or not you're going to you're going to see this be a problem and money given back and matchups being moved around or Josh if it's just another one of those oh uh, yeah just it was a, an i dotted and a t crossed because when this thing broke when this another yeah the story that disappeared when this thing broke it was with the indication that it was a massive, massive dent for the Big Ten. Massive dent for the Big Ten.
1: Yeah, it's just uh, pretty interesting. Interesting that uh, you had a commissioner leave, and we were all sold the deal was done, and the deal was not done.
0: Hmm. All right. Um, so, no. To answer your question, Josh, there's no. I've update. seen nothing, nothing <laughs> on that.
1: We've got a we've got a room full of media. And nobody's asking arguably the most important question.
0: Well, in like I, this is fluid and happening while we're on the air. So you know, maybe there is a maybe there's a situation where it has been asked. It just hasn't been aggregated quite yet, right? But you would have to assume there there is a take here from I was trying to find it. I think it was I think it was Nicole Arbach, where it was basically, it, it was it was him talking about the importance of TV, right? <laughs> In fact, like TV deals are very important. I kind of feel like, yeah, no, 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 no bleep, they're very important. But I don't, I don't really know what that is going to look like as far as finishing up this deal. Let's see, oh, here you go. Um, Big Ten Commissioner Tony Petitti on the league's long-form media rights contracts: "quote We've made significant progress towards their completion."
1: So they're not done.
0: Does that, does that do anything for you? <laughs> Kinda sounds Pac Tinny, does it not? Kinda sounds like the Pac Ten. <laughs> all right. Uh we got a break. When we Oh oh gosh. Oh, we've got all the biffs. We've got all the biffs rolling into the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Also, by the way, you can find us on Twitter at Plank Show at Josh On Ref at of Sports on Twitter, uh, at Travis Skull will join us at the bottom of this hour to talk a little bit about recruiting, uh, and and we're all in on this Michigan story. We're all in on the coaches' luncheons tomorrow, and we've been all in on a coach named Biff who slammed the podium. We're at Caven's on a Wednesday, 405-573-3048. Roofing repairs, replacement-free inspections, maintenance, commercial businesses, uh, four commercial businesses, air duct cleaning, dryer vent cleaning, all in all, 24-7, 365, water, fire, mold, and crime scene resources and services available right here at Cape. It's the Plank Show on the rough. We've been monitoring Big Ten media days, which are currently underway in Indy. They hold theirs at Lucas Oil Stadium.
1: If you're wondering how things are going, yes, Brett Bielema has been asked about Barbie. Uh, <laughs> no, he has not seen it.
0: Why would they – does Brett Bielema have a daughter or something? Yeah, he does. Somebody asked
1: if he'd taken them to Barbie.
0: I think we're going on Friday. I think we're going to see it on Friday.
1: Here was – here's the quote. I'm reading this from Pat Forty. Quote, I don't really get a chance to talk a lot of Barbie, so I appreciate the question. We're kind of heavy into mermaid mode right now.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were big in mermaid mode. Big in mermaid mode for a while. But we are all in on Barbie right now, Josh. All in. In fact, I had to go to a Starbucks yesterday. I want to make this very clear. Had to go to a Starbucks yesterday. And I had the awesome responsibility of walking up to the barista and having to ask, Hi, do you make the Barbie drink? (laughs) (laughs) And the, the the person was so kind behind the counter. They're like, well, why don't you tell me what's in it? Which, of course, do you think my nine-year-old had any idea what was in the Barbie drink, Josh?
1: No, that is no. Uh, Google search yeah. city.
0: So I was right there with my phone, and I Googled it up, and I showed her. And she's like, I can make that for you. I was like, great. $8. <laughs> <was> like, What? <laughs> Eight dollars, but I will say this: it was it was pink, which was the most important thing, right? It had whipped cream, and it was literally a milkshake. I could have went and got her a strawberry milkshake, probably for cheaper than the Barbie drink, and not ever as caffeinated as she was. But I feel you, Brett uh, Belemo.
1: Gratuity is twenty percent. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I know, right? Oh, I gave her a big tip though. I was, I was. It's anytime someone flips around that little. Uh, iPad, you know you're about to tip for something that you probably <laughs> never tip for before. It's going
1: to ask you one little question here.
0: It's like, yeah, it's going to ask you one little question. It's, it's going to ask me if I need a tip whenever I just bought a hammer. Why do I, I mean, what are we even doing here right now? What? It's going to ask me to tip whenever I just ordered a cup and you gave me my cup to go fill up my own Coke. What are we even doing? Anyway, big 10 media days going on. Uh, and, and I guess the big story is, Beyond the lack of an expansion plan for the Big Ten, or at least an outward one, lack of an expansion plan, is they're not going to open an investigation into Northwestern, Josh. They're going to allow that to be at the university and NCAA levels. I don't know. I don't know if that would be typical or common in this, right? I don't remember. I don't remember the Big Twelve not being involved in the Baylor situation, but again, I. Forgot what I did for dinner last night. But at least in this instance, it doesn't appear as if the Big Ten is going to get involved right now, right?
1: No. And, you know, with the NCAA as involved as they've been and with the head coach fired, probably, you know, I mean, how much involvement do you need from the league office?
0: Exactly. Exactly. All right. uh, Let's get some phones going. On the Riverwind Casino jackpot line, 405 3299,000. Trav's going to join us at the bottom of this hour, Travis Davidson at Travis Skoll on Twitter. So he'll join us coming up at the bottom of this hour. Uh, but right now, Benny has checked in and he's up on a Wednesday on the Plank Show. What's going doing, on, Benny? Good
2: morning. Hey, I've got a, an invitation for you. I think you might like to see. Okay. The, uh, uh, blind baseball team. Uh-huh. Um, uh, all through the U.S. is having the World Series down in Norman. Starts August the 1st, goes through all that week. Championship game on August the 5th. It's beep ball, and we have buzzing bases and a ball that beeps. Huh? And Do you play, don't... Benny? I played for almost 30 years. Oh wow! I July did. 30th
0: through August 5th is when the 2023 – No, 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 is, no, August,
2: no. August 1 through the 5th, Tuesday. And the first games are at 8, 30, 11, 30, 2, 30. are you works. trying to
0: tell me visitnorman.com does not have this correct on their website right now?
2: I couldn't tell you that. but it's <laughs> that, I think it's that Ellis Roth soccer Fields mm-hmm. on 1001 East Robinson. That's right. That's Mary exactly where they are. With Norman. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be there probably Thursday afternoon, Friday, and Saturday. I played okay. a lot of guys that are still playing. I played against them, a lot of them that were on other teams that came and played for our team here in Oklahoma.
0: I have never heard of that area referred to as the Gillis-Roth Soccer Complex.
2: That's it, what the – Chambers but no, I'm conference. just.
0: That's where it is. That's where it is. You're yeah, right. Yeah. I just. I've and I've only yeah. lived in Norman for like eight years, but I've never. I've never heard that before.
2: Huh? I learned something all today. How about heard that? Was, uh, youth soccer fields or youth sooner, sooner youth soccer fields. That's not all I've ever heard. And then Chamber of Commerce told me it was Dillis Roth or hmm. something like that.
3: So but the game. If game's...
2: you get a chance, you'll be amazed what how blind athletes can play this game. It's a very physical, challenging game. I
0: Our, would imagine. Uh,
2: Our pitcher on our team pitches to our team. The opponent pitches to their, you know, the team, whoever we're Uh playing. And uh, you make contact on the ball. You're either going to run to first base or third base. We don't know which base is going to be turned on. You get to the base before they field it, it's an out. If you score before they field it, it's a run. Bases are 90 feet from home to first or home to third. We have six fielders in the field all players are blindfolded
0: how do...
2: fascinating
0: all right so and benny this is august 1st mm-hmm. and august of I...
2: field okay
0: dude. Well, there is well, a website by the way where you can get more involved uh okay. we
1: will spread I'll the word
2: spread benny I'll okay word. well i really appreciate it it's, it's a fascinating game it's a like i said it's a very physical challenging game that you know the guys are diving on the ground trying to knock a ball down it's a 16 ounce ball. It's bigger than a softball, bigger than a baseball.
0: Huh. Very cool. Hey thanks, Benny. I Benny, appreciate hey, good buddy. one, buddy. Have a
2: good, one. Have a good one. Have a good weekend, my brother. I appreciate you. You too, man. Have a good day. Boomer sooner, my friend. Boomer sooner. That was
0: always Griffin to me, right? Is this is this a new name or is it has it always been referred to as the Gillis Rother Soccer Complex? And I just never paid attention. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's that's new to me. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, to me it was just always always Griffin. All right, so there you go. I started to give this website, <laughs> but it's not a bad website. It's just a sign-up genius. They have a link where you can sign up for uh, volunteering if you want. It's called the Beep Baseball World Series, Josh. The Beep very cool Baseball World Series. It's the first I've heard of it. You know what? I probably shouldn't say that. I'm sure Benny has called and talked about it before. But the World Series, the World Series by God, is in Norman, Oklahoma. So you better take advantage of it. And they do need volunteers. You can uh, go to let's see, where did I start on this whole thing? I literally Googled up Blind World Series and it took me straight to their website, which is nbba.org. bba.org. Well, I'm looking at some of the videos right now. So even so you can play this even if you're not blind, you can you have to blindfold and you can do it.
1: Interesting. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. That's that's pretty neat.
0: Uh all right, when we come back. Oh, here's one. Wow. That is awesome, Benny. I had never realized they even played blind baseball. Can't imagine how difficult that would be. Frisco Sooner checks in, Benny, and says it's amazing that you're able to do
1: this. Agreed. No doubt.
0: We'll go out. We'll check it out. We'll do it for you, Benny. We'll go check it out for you. We'll see what it's all about. We got time, right? It is. Let's see. They they've got games. August first, that looks like it's going to be media day, so that probably would be out. Uh, August second, stop it. Five eight zero Nate. Third, uh, August fourth. So yeah, it's a it's a week long event. We'll be able to get out there and, and support.
1: Five eight zero Nate heard uh, the Oklahoma teams have a big advantage because the series played in Norman. Stop, <laughs> stop, stop. it. Stop.
0: Stop Nate.
1: That's pretty funny though.
0: On, on this day, I do not want to get canceled. I'm having a good day. I'm having a good day. And it gets better because Travis Davidson joins us next. We're going to talk a little crouton right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. This is the Home of Sooner Fans. And we are pumped to be joined by our buddy Travis Davidson. You hear him. Uh, Friday's correct on The Rush, 3-6. to six. I uh, hear him unlocked in as well, and all over Twitter at Travis Skull. Travis, first of all, let's let's talk about yesterday, where, <laughs> yes, the news was breaking like crazy right here on the Plank Show, but from your perspective, what is Oklahoma getting in Eugene Brooks?
3: Um, I mean, he's getting one of the uh, obviously a little bit shorter arms, but good, good size, so that translates to the interior offensive line very well. This is a guy who was violent. And physical. I mean, he's tailor-made for what Bill Bedenbo always wants. He wants that kind of killer mentality, that nasty mentality. Uh, he's a guy that does not lose one-on-ones uh, on tape. So I think he might, uh, you know, might not need to necessarily lose weight, but maybe redistribute some of that weight, uh, get in with Schmidt and uh, just get uh, maybe a slight bit leaner but stronger. Uh, and uh, I think it's I think it's a really good get for Bedenbo.
0: So help me then understand why I feel like we've done this segment before, Josh. Refresh my memory, Trav. I feel like we've done this segment before where Oklahoma signs or gets a commitment from an offensive lineman. Uh, He's not a five star, nor is he a top ten guy. And everyone throws their hands up and wonders, why aren't we getting these five star recruits? Is this is this a concern at all for you? And are you hearing some of the same stuff?
3: I, I hear it a little bit. Um, you know it's, it's funny you say we've done this segment before. I think this segment could be, could have been done every year since 2013 <laughs> whenever Bill Beaenbo was hired because that's what's so funny, Chris. I mean when you look at what just Bill Beaenbow has done like at like since he's arrived in Oklahoma where the highest scoring offense in the time since he's been at Oklahoma at like uh, the highest gaining offense. Like number one in pass or number two in pass efficiency, uh, ranked top ten in rushing offense and in passing offense in that span. Like he has been the, I mean, across three coaches, right? Across three head coaches, multiple different play callers, he's had uh, consistent, sustained success. So you get to thinking, right? Like, okay, well, Bill Beatonbow has been really good. Well, why are we having more conversations now about his recruiting? I think it's because. You know, with the launch of On Three, and then obviously the now the popularity of recruiting podcasts and recruiting news, and it's become such a big business. Everybody's like, well, we need to be getting five stars. We need to be getting five stars. Well, right. A couple of interesting things. First of all, the offensive line position is the hardest position to evaluate. Uh, I once was talking with Coach bow uh, a couple years ago, and he was frustrated right after a game, and he was kind of talking about it. He said said, why are you – you know, he was in a bad – a legitimate bad mood. I was like, what's up? He's like, well, I was reading uh, some of these offensive line grades that one of these, uh, you know, one of these journalists put out. and Man, I can't even – I can't even grade the offensive line until I go back with the tape, and I do this for a living. I don't know. These guys don't know what they're talking about. Like, he legitimately gets frustrated with people who think they can evaluate offensive linemen. And i tell you what, we talk about it with DeMarco Murray not offering a guy like Jarrett Gibson – Saying, hey, I trust DeMarco Murray when it comes to evaluating running backs. Bill Bedenbaugh should be getting the same benefit of the doubt because mm-hmm. Bill Bedenbaugh has been one of the best in the game for the last ten years. And again, so it's the hardest position to evaluate. You have to communicate as a unit. You, you can't really have a lot of flash. You have to have the right attitude. This isn't a like a you can watch them do seven on seven growing up and know that they're going to be a stud like offensive line they're often much bigger than whoever's going across from. Them, so you got to determine whether they're just manhandling them or whether they're actually going to be a good offensive lineman. And then take the 2024 class alone, Chris. You know how many offensive linemen are ranked as five stars? I'll tell you. One. You know how many wide receivers are ranked as five stars? Nine. Wow. So so when you when you talk about, "Hey, we want Bill Biedenbo to recruit these five stars." You also you, you have to consider how many are going to be available in any given year. Now his five highest rated recruits of all time in his coaching career, dating back to tech and West Virginia and all that, his five highest rated recruits are Caden Green, Nate Anderson, Andrew Rame, Savion Bird, and Bray Walker. Now Bray Walker, you know, was judged on his size and strength, but again, lacks some of those other things that Bill Bedenboe looks for, right? The communication as a unit, right? The mentality, all that kind of stuff. And now he's not in power five anymore. So, uh, you know, you have to look at who he's been secondary recruiter on. He was secondary recruiter, a lot of people don't know, on Rodney Anderson and on Deshaun White. And we just hosted Michael Fasusi, who uh, is a five-star out of Louisville in the 2025 class that uh, Kevin Ferry actually helped host. And then many think we leave for Grant Bricks, who, who would rank currently in Bill Bedenbo's top five ever. So if you trust what Bill Beeden's done since 2013 in the past, and I think him having Benny Wiley instead of Schmitty for a, a little bit of time kind of hurt his reputation a little bit because you can have all the technique in the world, but if you're getting bullied, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I think I think with that, you have to look at it and say, Bill Bill Biedenboe is recruiting better than he ever has. I mean, historically, if you just look at the rankings. So all of the guys that he's uh, getting these days, and, and like the ones I listed, a lot of them that are on the roster right now are ranked higher than guys like Ben Powers, Drew Samia, Adrian Ely, Orlando Brown, you know, uh, Creed Humphrey even. Like, they're rated higher than these guys, and but everybody looks around and says, man, why come he, how come he's not getting the five stars? I don't care if he gets two stars as long as he <laughs> keeps on having one of the best offensive lines in the country. We just led the Big 12 in rushing last year, and uh, in the advanced, uh, you know, analytics and whatnot, I think we ranked second amongst all power five schools in yards before contact on rushing plays. So that means that, you know, out of all the teams in power five, whether well, 60 of them or something like that, like mm-hmm. the running back was getting more yards before he was touched by anything, anybody. And that is a direct result of offensive line play. So from my view and everybody's view that maybe doesn't, you know, get so – you know, bogged down in recruiting, Bill Biedenboe is and has been one of the best offensive line coaches and developers for the last decade. So would you rather have an elite evaluator and developer or somebody that signs a bunch of Bray Walkers?
1: No, it's it's a good point. And probably, you know, for me, it, it just speaks to the rest of the staff is recruiting so well that, folks kind of naturally look at this thing and say wait a second well i see a four star here a five star there what about along the offensive line and yet you make really good points that the results sort of uh, speak for themselves grant bricks uh, a name that you mentioned uh, to go along with eugene brooks and isaiah autry in this class what would it mean for oklahoma if Beaton bow and oklahoma can swing it
3: i mean it would be it would be big time he's harker talks a lot about how he thinks he's the best offensive lineman in the class i tend to agree uh you even have some people saying if you just got grant bricks and one other guy and just said hey screw it we'll go get the portal or go to the portal for the rest of them like that would be a good class because grant bricks is going to be the jewel much like Caden green kind of was right Caden green a lot of people are saying that he might be playing as a true freshman this year i mean things like that that's that's the type of guy Grant Bricks is, uh, is the type of guy that would compete for playing time once he stepped foot on campus.
0: You know, it's it's interesting. This is – Brazilian Sooner sent a really, really good tweet, uh, text in the middle of this conversation. And I think it goes in line with this conversation. Uh, and we're hanging out with Travis Davidson at Travis School on Twitter, obviously part of the Ref Army and the Ref family with Josh on Plank. We'll have a Cavens on a Thursday – and Brazilian Sooner wrote, offensive line is the hardest to evaluate whether they're a three-, four-, or five-star guy. I trust Coach B. And I remember guys like Lane Johnson and Frank Romero played other positions in high school and became dominant, right? Add Gabe Eichert to that mix. I was a like, tight end whenever he came in and moved the guard and then to center. You know, we've seen, we've seen players have success, and we've also, I think, I don't know why, we, we feel like if you're not good right away, oh, no, he's not playing right away. He's terrible. But if there is one position that you get a little better with age, as long as you stay healthy, it, it's offensive line. And I've never understood the knee-jerk reaction at the position.
3: Right. And, and you bring up a, go- a good point there when it, you talk about getting better with age, right? It mm-hmm. and, and, and people people want to knock Bill for going and getting guys out of the portal. But these are guys with college experience that are bigger mature bodies right like the, the fact of the matter is not a lot of freshmen are ready physically to play offensive line at a high level I mean that's very rare you get maybe one a cycle maybe one every couple of cycles right and keep in mind he's been on the the, the losing end of a couple of things like uh, Tristan Lee straight up lied to the staff that's a five star he ended up going to Clemson and then DJ Campbell. Texas dropped $50,000 in his lap and he needed that money for medical expenses for his dad. So, I mean, Bill is definitely in these recruitments, but again, I think, you know, everybody praises Lincoln Riley for going and getting Jordan Addison and guys out of the portal and well, maybe or Narduzzi doesn't, but it's, they, they praise him for going and getting these, these guys out of the portal. But Bill Bedenboe, the most proven evaluator and developer Sees a guy and says, hey, man, that Walter Rouse guy, he could probably play here. He's got mm-hmm. a lot of good experience. He's a big body. Let's go get him. If there's just offensive line, like I said, big, grown bodies. Portal's never a bad thing. Not just offensive
1: line, Travis. The uh, the class itself in a great spot. Let's just call it 15 based on uh, what what a couple of the sites out there have, and, and I think it'll keep climbing. What's next? What's next in this class? Uh, What are you hoping for the rest of this class? What are are you hearing and hoping for the rest of the way here?
3: Well, you know, what's what's interesting is, you know, people can kind of, you know, give their opinions on Brent Venable's, uh, you know, visit policy and whatnot. You know, we did the same thing last year. People got really nervous in June because we ranked in the 30s and 40s. And then lo and behold, just like last year, we have a big July, right? Which will of course be followed by a big August. Well, with that, it takes some of the drama out of it because you don't you're not as worried about flips. Obviously we had some last year, but Brent's tightened up his visit policy even more. But I think you kind of you you might have some surprises where if people put out really good senior film where you might see some late offers go out. Um, you know, guys that get out of the class late, almost like R. Mason Thomas was really late. Like, so you've got guys on the board like, obviously, Williams Winery and David Stone, chief among them, right? And then you've got Caden Durham, Michael Patterson-McDonald, Michael, Michael Boganowski. Uh, you, you've got Eli Bowen. You've got all these guys. Well, you're, you're, you you kind of lead for all of them. I think Devin Jordan might be the only one here out of my, my – uh, alma mater, Union High School in Tulsa, is the only one that you're like, okay, we might be chasing Bama in that one. But the the path towards another top five class is very, very clear. And uh, the path might even get to three or four if you can get Grant Brick and you can get Dominic McKinley. I think Dominic McKinley is going to be one that people are going to be really wanting to keep their eye on because you don't pull a lot of five-star defensive linemen out of the state of Louisiana LSU typically gets all of them, but you know, the rumors are a swirling that uh, he may be looking to move up a timeline. LSU is not in a good position. So if you can get him, I mean, that's, that's when you really start elevating it to a, you know, a a top three or four type class.
0: Hey, Trav, before I let you go from your perspective, is the, is there a reason why this class is so big? Should we be reading anything? Potentially so big, I guess. Should we be reading anything into that or, or, or no?
3: I don't think so necessarily. I think what you, what you see a little bit is kind of, if you want to say, like a phase one, phase two, phase three type situation with the way Brent Venables wants to build his roster. It's, you know, he talked about it. You know, the famous quote where he did or did not take a shot at Dion. Like, what annoyed me most about that was it was a really good quote. But everybody got wrapped up in the Dion part of it. He talks about his 12 months of grace. So, say phase one is, okay, I get here, we're going to figure out real quick, who wants to be here who doesn't, get out the door, right? Okay, we got to take heavy, we'll take some heavy transfers, right? Well, now we get the 12 months of grace, right? All right, Mm -hmm. after the 12 months of grace, that sheds another big section of the roster, Okay now I think you're going to see more of a Clemson type approach who famously or infamously, depends on who you ask, does not deal with the transfer portal much. So I think Brent continues to want to mold, and he said this publicly, continues to want to mold his roster to be high school independent and high school heavy. You even see this as the preferred walk on uh, and how many officers are going out like that with a bunch of Oklahoma prep kids? to see that big high school classes and smaller and
0: smaller classes as we go agreed by the way i I am a little bit concerned for you travis being in that fantasy football college league that's a lot of nerds dude that's a lot of nerds that you're gonna have to deal with so you're gonna have to dig deep from a statistical perspective to be competitive in that thing
3: well and Yeah, I'm. I'm looking. It's my first year in it, right? So, Mm -hmm. but I also got into it because obviously Thor asked me, and Thor Nyström's. I mean, one of the one of the best dudes I know. And so, I'm thinking to myself, when I started playing just fantasy football, like you, you know, a decade ago or whatever, it's like Mm -hmm. I ended up learning so much more about every team, right? Same because you have to watch every game. You have to know, you know, who you're going against. You got to know who's on your team. You got to know who's on the other team of people you're competing against to maybe move up in the standings. Like, so this kind of, to me, is a, hey, man, I'm about to get like a master's course on the (laughs) entire (laughs) landscape of college football rosters. And so I think part of the reason I'm joining it is not only to compete and it's going to be a lot of fun, uh, but part of it is to really learn nationally as much as I can about every roster.
0: Yeah, man, Trav. I appreciate your time and always great perspective to help us get learned up on where we are recruiting wise. Uh, Friday, Friday afternoon, you back with a rush?
3: Yep, I'll do. Uh, I'll do rush this week and then next week on Thursday and Friday. So nice, yeah, nice. Yep. All right,
0: buddy. We'll see you then. That's Travis Davidson at Travis Skull on Twitter. All right, we're a little late. We're at Cavens on a Wednesday. It's the Plank Show right here on the Ref. By the way, Josh, there is one thing we haven't reported on. On this Wednesday, live from Caven's Construction, Caven's Group, CavensGroup.com, on the Plank Show four zero five five seven three three zero four eight. Call them for all of your emergency needs, and of course, roofing. You took a little field trip last night.
1: I did, yes. Thank you, uh, True Sooner. By the way, it was uh, it was fun hanging out. Went and uh, took in an OKC Spark game, which nice. uh, it was blisteringly hot, but uh, the, the actual the actual game itself was pretty cool.
0: Very cool, man. Very cool. Um tough night for my girl Jossie, huh?
1: Yeah, unfortunately. And uh I don't know that she's uh I, I don't know. I don't know that she's been hitting the way that she would be accustomed to or would like to be hitting. But uh okay, see, they've got the league's uh top hitter.
0: That's uh been pretty good. I've been following. It's been fun. Got I'll to, see the highlights. N-
1: nice support, too. So that was nice to see.
0: Hey, um we got our top 5 stories of the day coming up. And yesterday ended up being a wild day for breaking news, man. Wild day for breaking news because it didn't stop stop after the show. What did you make of the new deal for one Justin Herbert?
1: I mean, I think it's uh I I think it's merited. I think he's worth it. Right. And you know, for them, just uh, just get it done, right? Get it over with, and mm-hmm. now you can focus on football now and into the future. So, to me, it makes sense, right? I I, I know that he was hurt a little bit last year, but when this guy's healthy, he could be one of the greats.
0: He's fun to watch. Hence, again, if you're in the AFC West, you got to deal with Mahomes and Herbert for at least the next decade. You're not winning with Russell Wilson and Jimmy Garoppolo; just not happening. But good luck. And now, what uh, I saw—you got that, you got another random low-round undrafted free agent running back that's going to ball out. Unfair! It's a plank show right here on the ref.